Chapter 46 The Best Laid Plans of Mice and Men Might Actually Work Isaiah Early the next morning, just before sunrise, I joined Haley up in her room. From the window, I have an excellent view of the Brophy's house, and more important, their driveway. Haley stayed up all night doing research on the computer. I had to do some digging, but I found an article about the local Lamina Lab, a leader in genetic engineering, being investigated by humans for animals. I hop into the keyboard. Are there really people like that? Humans who care how mice are treated? I ask. Sure, lots of us. Anyway, HF HFA did an undercover investigation at this one Lamina Lab, but when they alerted the local authorities and the cops raided the place, there were no mice or other animals present in the lab, according to this article. Picnic Day. Huh? One day last spring, the Longcoats put us all in portable cages and took us for a ride to a quiet place in the forest where the trees were very tall and smelled like floor cleaner. They put our cages in, on long wooden tables, tossed cheese into our crates, and called it a picnic. When one of the Longcoats received a telephone call advising him that the coast was clear, we were hauled back to the lab. This raid I read about took place back in the spring, early May. I nod and type picnic day. But even if the police had found you guys, mice and rats aren't protected under the Federal Animal Welfare Act like dogs, cats, and rabbits are. Why not? If you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? That's from Shakespeare, right? Indeed, Mr. Shakespeare was one human who definitely understood how it feels to be a mouse. At precisely 7.05 a.m., I spy Mr. Brophy waddling out of his house and heading to his pickup truck. He's carrying a very large paper sack. I'm guessing it's his lunch bag. What day is this? I ask Haley. Monday. I have school. And Mr. Brophy, the mop man, has work. I think we can safely assume that he goes to the lamina labs every morning at approximately the same time. Yeah, I usually hear his truck pulling out at around 7, right before my mom comes into my room to wake me up. There's a rap, rap of knuckles on the door. I run for cover but the door is already creaking open, so I strike a pose on Haley's bookshelf next to her collection of odd plastic dolls. Her mother steps into the room. Haley, time to... Oh, you're already up? Yeah. Excited about school? You bet. Well, that's good to hear. I'll go fix you your breakfast. I think we still have some crumb cake. Um, if it's okay, I'm more in the mood for oatmeal, she says, because we devoured the last crumb of the crumb cake last night. Oatmeal it is. Her mom leaves the room. I dash back to the keyboard. Tonight, when Mr. Brophy returns home, we need to determine how much cargo room there is in the covered bed of his pickup truck. Why? asks Haley. It is time for another Napoleonic invasion. This time, we're taking our mouse army to the horrible place, the lab. Chapter 47. Beware of Big Wooden Horses. Monday night after the food run, Gabriel and I go on a scouting mission. We scurry along the edge of the driveway, then scale the muddy tires and dented sides of Mr. Brophy's truck. We peer through the windows of the structure covering the rear end of the vehicle. Wowzers, says Gabriel. You could easily fit a thousand, maybe two thousand mice in this little rolling room. Such is my plan, I say. We put together a massive mouse army and hide in the back of Mr. Brophy's pickup. We go with him to the lab, and when we're safely through the security gates, we storm the castle. The lab is in a castle? It's a metaphor. Oh, I've heard of those. They taste good. I shake my head and move on. This pickup truck will be just like the Trojan horse. Um, is that another metaphor? Actually, it's more like 
a simile. It seems that we will launch a sneak attack in much the same manner as the Greeks who attached the, attacked the city of Troy. What did they do? The Greeks built a huge hollow wooden horse with a few soldiers hidden inside. Then the rest of the army pretended to sail away. The Trojans thought the surrendering Greeks left the wooden horse as a gift, so they brought it behind their city walls. That night, while the Trojans celebrated their victory, those Greek soldiers crept out of the wooden horse, opened the city gates, and the rest of the Greek army came storming in. They destroyed Troy and ended the Trojan War. Are we going to destroy the lab? No, we're just going to set my family free. Of course. For my plan to work, I needed mice. Lots and lots of mice. So Gabriel and I scuttle back to the burrow and tell the whole mischief our plan. In the great hall, under the floorboards, I address the mass of eager mice. My friends, we will use the same tactics that we used to defeat Lucifer in the Battle of the Bathroom, I say. Overwhelming numbers, a swift strike. The instant Mr. Brophy unlocks the lab door, 1,000, no, 2,000 mice will race out of the back of his truck and storm into the building. My friends, always remember, we have the eek factor on our side. What happens the second a human sees a mouse? They shriek eek, answers Michaela, and jump up on a chair, says Gwendol. Well, I say, imagine how loudly they'll shriek and how high they'll jump when they see thousands of us, a vast roiling army of furry whiskered soldiers. I'm really whipping the crowd up. Well, most of them. Grundle, the disgruntled elder with the fake buck teeth, is glowering at me. She raises her paw. The crowd goes silent. We do not, as a rule, risk our lives for strangers, she says, sniffing with disdain. They're not strangers, I say. They're my family. Perhaps, said Scrundle, but they are not our family. I feel my whiskers droop, but I can't do any of this without all of you. Then, little boy Blue, you shan't be doing it. Now then, children, kindly disperse. I believe you've all heard quite enough from your so-called brother. Wait a second, shouts Gabriel, jumping up beside me on my matchbox. Do I have to remind everyone that this mischief was sacred? has sacred words we live by, no mouse left behind? Well, Isaiah has more than honored those words. Indeed he has, adds Gwendol, hobbling forward on her crutches, even when others were ready to abandon them. And, says Gabriel, I should also remind the elders that you made Isaiah an honorary son of this mischief not too long ago. Gabriel puts a paw up to his mouth so he can whisper to me, Show them your medallion. Um... I forgot where I put it. Fortunately, this is when James the Wise rises from his soap bar throne. What Gabriel says is true. Isaiah is our son and brother. Therefore, his family is our family. The ancient edict reply, applies. Leave no mouse behind. Go, all of you, and rescue our imprisoned brothers and sisters. We leave at dawn, I cry. Who's coming with me? Every able-bodied mouse in the burrow shouts, Me! Hearing, the, hearing these wonderful words, I've never felt less alone in my life.